You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build your confidence, increase your communication skills, and implement practical business strategies. In this episode number 40, we're talking about how we can use movies to help us tell stories. For those of you who don't know, I almost went into a career as a screenwriter. I was fascinated by the screenwriting process. I wrote my own script for a full-length movie. I almost um, I almost applied to a school. I was super close to applying to this film school. And then I discovered that, you know what? While I love it, I love analyzing movies, and I love, you know, writing, uh, this is more of a hobby and not necessarily a career option. Also... I knew that it was very unlikely for me to actually make a living as a screenwriter. So I decided to go in other directions, which I am very glad that I did. But this hasn't quelled my love for the cinema, for telling stories through movies. And something that changed my story game was learning about screenwriting and how a movie, every single movie is structured in order to tell the story. And when I was learning this, all I could think of was, wow, I could really use this in my speeches in just telling better stories. And not only in my speeches, but this also transformed into when I'm just talking with my friends. So today's goal is to understand the screenplay structure and then apply it to our stories. So I'm going to give you a really quick example. I think an example that almost all of us know is the first Avengers movie. If you didn't see it, that's okay. You'll still understand because it this the formatting is very simplistic. <laughs> so we have a three acts when it comes to the movie. You've probably heard this before. The first act is the setup. Okay, so you establish your character, you establish the place, and then 10 minutes in is when you really um, define the theme, is when like a new something comes about that changes the structure, the, the heroes moving forward. Um, a prime example in this is in Frozen, actually. Um, right, like on the minute mark is when Hans meets um, Anna. Anna, that's the that's the other girl name. And so uh, that movie is structured wonderfully. If you haven't read the script for it, I mean, it's a screenwriter, like it's a, it's a really nerdy screenwriter thing, but the script for Frozen is extremely well-written. It's just, it's probably the best written screenplay I've ever read. Not necessarily the best movie, <laughs> but just the way it was actually written. So that's the first act. The first act usually takes um, 25 to 35 minutes, usually 35 minutes of the movie in setup and identifying characters and Avengers. We can see this. They're gathering all the characters together. Loki invades, you know, right? I think right around. I think it's that opening scene. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. I have no interest in rewatching it. But Loki comes in. He attacks. He turns some people to his side. He starts gathering his forces. The Avengers start gathering their forces. We see a little bit of conflict start to happen. And then we move in to the next act. 
Uh, after usually about 35 minutes, screenwriting is pretty on the dot when it comes to things like that. And then this is where general just conflict is happening. Like this is the really the not necessarily boring part. You don't want a boring part in a movie. But this is where, you know, people are learning things. People are fighting things, especially in a movie like Avengers. Basically, you build some robots and you throw them at them and then they fight them and then they learn something about the villain and, you know, that that, that kind of thing. But here's the important thing is that Act 2 is actually broken up into Act 2A and Act 2B. And so when you're looking at Act 2A, this, that's kind of what's happening is that people are fighting, things are happening. There's just some conflict. There's conflict that's going on. The heroes are growing um, the villain is growing, things, the stakes are rising. But then when it comes to Act 2B, this is, I think, is a moment that everyone can identify. I um, mean, any movie. It's the classic cliche, oh, we can't do it. We can't go on. This happened in Avengers after they're attacked. And then Loki escapes and Hawkeye, you know, their friend, attack them and destroy part of the helicarrier, I think. Yeah, helicarrier. That's kind of, that's the part, okay? And then Agent Coulson dies. That was the big thing. I went over this before. I was like going through each part to make sure I had it. I was like, wait, I'm missing something. Yeah, Agent Coulson dies, quote unquote, if you've seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and then this and then this begins Act 2B. Act 2B starts when the cliche thing happens where it's like we can't go on and then someone gives a motivational speech in this case nick Fury in the avengers right he throws down the bloody cards that colson supposedly had in his coat which right he didn't he lied about it and that's what motivates the avengers to go to new york and face this scourge head on that they can do it yay you can tell i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of marvel movies they're entertaining in their own right but the the con actual content of them is very lacking, and then and then um, Act Two A right that continues that continues they're fighting they're winning yay, but then Act Three is when everything just goes wrong they can't win they can't win and they can't win and they can't win and then somehow they do win right in Avengers just they fight they fight and then they eventually get the thing that unlocks the other thing and then the aliens go away yay. And then they win, right? And then you have the aftermath, uh, what's going on after um, they, the heroes win. That's basically it. You have your heroes, you have your villains, and you have your supporting characters. You have your locations. And that's pretty much all there is to writing a screenplay. Obviously, there is a lot more, and there's a lot of um, technique and obviously just skill um, and experience involved in it. But as essence, that's what a screenplay, a, a movie is. Um, next time you watch a movie, I guarantee you will not be able to have this um, out of your head. It's going, oh, they're into Act 2 now. Oh, now they're in Act 2A. Now they're, oh, now this is Act 3. It, it not I, For me, I don't know if it ruins the movie for me or not. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But let's see how we can relate this to you telling your stories. Now... You don't have to necessarily map out your stories using this technique. You don't necessarily have to create an outline of your stories. It depends on how you want to approach this. If you're telling a long story, 
And yeah, you want to outline your story with some structure. Not necessarily this one, but at least a beginning, a middle, and an end. What this does with the screenplay structure, it gives you a beginning, middle, and it breaks up the middle in a couple parts, but identifies what needs to happen at the end of the beginning, in the middle, at the beginning of the end. And that got a little more confusing than I intended it to be. That's what it does. It just gives you a lot of structure in order to make it a lot easier to write out your story, but also tell a story that people are interested in. We've all heard those stories that you don't know what's going on. It's all just long. It's monotonous. It's not going anywhere. It's all over the place. The person telling you has no idea what's going on. You don't. You don't. Want, you don't want to tell that story, do you? No, of course you don't, because you want to become an awesome public speaker. So here's the thing um, with telling stories. Okay, first I I do advise you to outline if it's going to be longer, but what's going to happen and what you're going to notice is that as you tell more stories, you will automatically put things in this format. And this is where telling stories offstage comes in. Because obviously, when you're telling a story offstage, you don't necessarily plan it out. Or do you? Now, this is this is something that not a lot of people do, which I understand why. <laughs> but when I have a story that I want to tell somebody, if it's an important story. So, for example, I went to Europe. Um, two years ago, I believe. And I had a lot of stories from that. And what I did when I was thinking about, okay, these are really great stories. But since they're so, since I'm hyping them up so much, since I'm like, this is an amazing story. This is an awesome story. I can't wait to tell you this. I want to make sure that it's good. Obviously, if I'm hyping it up, if I'm saying this is a great story, if I'm excited about telling it. So what I literally did is I thought about it. I was like, okay, what's my hook for this story? What, what is my introduction for this story? Okay, right? Okay, how, how am I setting this up? Right, act one. How is this setting up? Okay, I'm establishing the location, the players, the people, what's happening, and I'm introducing conflict. And then, okay, my middle. How am I responding to the conflict? What am I doing? What are the other key players in my story doing? What's going on inside the location? What what's the villain, right? Well, who's the villain that's or what, right? Could be the elements. Um, it could be nature, could be animals, it could, or it could be people. Usually, it's people. How is that keeping me from my goal? Right, the goal of a story, the end, the conclusion of the story. How is it keeping me from that? And then it's saying, okay, we're almost there, but then we had a setback. Oh no. And then what? But we overcame that setback, and then we almost got there. We fought, you know, the final boss battle, and then the story concluded. Now, this is very important to remember. As I literally say every single episode, I'm not telling you to lie about what happened or deceive the person you're telling the story to. I'm rather, it's about structuring the story into that format. So instead of saying, oh, we did this, and we went to see that, and then that happened, you're telling, you'll say, okay, so we're here. We're in this moment. And then actually, I was looking back at my episodes, because I was like, didn't I just talk about telling stories? And I didn't. I talked about um, using detail in stories way back in the beginning, way back at episode eight. Episode eight, I talked about using detail for telling stories. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend it. 
Um, it's one of my most listened to episodes um, just because it's very, very important in order to tell stories about having the structure, yes, but about actually speaking <laughs> the, the story well. And using details is a really easy way to up your story game. I'm not going to get into it much right now just because it was an entire episode on its own. But um, just in short, provide details. And then listen to the, the, the podcast episode number eight if you really want de- if you want more details about telling details. That came out really smoothly. But so this is the structure, right? And then so this is kind of the way I think about it. So when I have a story, though, that I don't really care about that much, that I just like ran into someone, I'm like, oh, this just happened. Or I met up with someone, I'm like, oh, you never believe what happened yesterday. Bada, bada, bada. I automatically start to tell the story in the structure because I've been living it for so many years. I've been using it for so many years. So the first step to really owning the structure is giving prepared speeches on it. Now, this can come in the form of just making videos for YouTube or creating a podcast like I'm doing now. One reason, the main reason, um, why, <laughs> let me preface this. I, my, one of my ethos, I don't, I don't know. It's not a belief, but it's just a thing that I do that I say is that everything I do has two reasons. The main reason, which is the you know the primary, the reason that I'm doing it, the main reason, right? And then there, but there's always a secondary reason. If I'm if I want to do something like there's only one reason to do this, I can do this other thing and it and it has two effects. Usually the effects are affects other people and it affects me. Now sometimes the affects me is the primary reason, but most of the time what I've what I try to do what the mentality I've tried to create in my mind is okay main reason others secondary reason me I'm not perfect I'm not some kind of angel that just does things for everybody else um but that's what I try to do so like with this podcast the main reason is to educate you of course like of of course but the secondary reason is to build my brand and build myself as a speaker because my first podcast, if you listen to, at least in my opinion, oh, no, actually, no, 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 no. My first podcast that I ever did, not on this podcast, but on a different podcast, they were not very good. I mean, at least, I don't know. I, I mean, I've already had, it wasn't that long ago, so I was already, I mean, I was already an established public speaker. But taking the public speech to the podcast was, a, was different. I had to adapt. And so I had to learn and I had really had to learn. And you could see this with my videos. I recently did a podcast episode with my business partner on the social marketing podcast where I looked back at my oldest video online and it's so bad. Even she was saying like she's used to seeing me, you know, being very authoritative and confident when I'm filming videos or recording my podcast and seeing me like being a little kid. I was 16. Yeah, I was either 16 or 17. I'm pretty sure I was 16. Filming that it was um, quite an eye opener for her to see how much I've changed. So in long story, the reason I bring all that up, not just a side quest, although it was partly just a side quest. The reason is because you need to ingrain this in your mind. 
this structure, these habits of telling a story, of starting off with a strong hook, ending with a really strong conclusion, showing growth in character, showing conflict, having villains, having setbacks, having wins. And if you're thinking, and then the next, the next kind of, the nice, the, the biggest complication which comes up, there I go, I said it, with stuff like this is that you can, you can feel like, well, my story doesn't follow this format. It doesn't, like, the story I want to tell does not go along with this. And I can almost guarantee you, like, unless it's a very, like, short stories, obviously, if it's a really short story, yeah, you're going to have a beginning, middle, and end. A hook and a conclusion, some conflict in the middle. Like, if it's a short story, of course, it's not going to follow this elaborate format. But when you have an actual story that you're telling, especially a story that you're weaving throughout your speech, I can almost guarantee you that if you set, if you write out the points, right, you have your, okay, here's act one, act two A, act two B, and then act three, okay, what's my hook, what's my final conclusion, who are the characters involved? Who's the villain or what's the villain? Who's the hero? What What is a conflict? What is a hero's goal? And what's keeping him from that goal? I can almost guarantee you, you will set up your, you will be able to set up your story in that regard. Just plug events in. You say, okay, this is the first thing that happened. This is my hook. Or maybe my hook is teasing a, a part of the story that comes afterwards. Because the beginning of the story really isn't all that interesting. Oh, there's not a whole lot of conflict in the middle. Well, fast forward. Just because, let's say for a week of your life, let's say you're telling a story of a year. And for six months, in the middle, there's no conflict. Well, fast forward and say six months later. Right? See, that's the kind of thing that you need to do. Is, is, you're, is you're massaging the story to be listenable to influence people to take an action, to emotionally connect with them. That's the purpose of telling the story. If you're not telling a story that's interesting or engaging or emotionally connecting, there's no point in telling it. So sometimes what you need to do is say, well, this story actually isn't really interesting. Like there's no, like there's not a way that I can honestly just make the story really engaging. Well, find another story. There's a lot of stories like I, in my own speeches, I don't use just my own stories. I tell lots of other people's stories. I tell stories of people I've met, stories of people I've read about. Not as the as the crux of my whole speech, but in addition. It's like giving statistics. You didn't go out and get those numbers yourself, did you? I mean, unless you did, cool, but you probably didn't. So when you're telling a statistic, you're giving numbers of other people from other people. So it's the same thing with stories, is you're just telling another person's story. And again, right, you're not you're not you're not just telling another person's story and that's your speech. Like that's no, that's weird. You're just stealing that person's story <laughs> as and getting paid for it. But um but use it as examples, as you know, to back up what you're saying, to emotionally connect them, to get other points of view in there. There's a lot I can go over with stories. But also the final thing I want to leave you with, because there's so much to talk about stories. I'm going to talk more about stories in the future. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's so much to talk about. But I'm going to leave you with this, is that we talked about taking your individual stories 
putting them into this format. But something you need to think about is how does your speech fit into this format? If you're giving a speech, like you can apply this right, like I said, to just a personal, interpersonal communication. You're telling a story to a friend. I do this all the time. It works really, really well. But in your speech, think about how can I make my speech follow this format? How can I make people waiting on the edge of their seats for me to say the next part of my speech? And that comes through weaving conflict throughout your speech, having your hero. Usually the hero is yourself. Sometimes the hero is someone else, depending on the speech that you're given. Weave all of these, these this method throughout your speech. And if you look at the speech outline, you have your hook at the beginning of your speech. You have your introduction. You have your three main points. You have your conclusion. It's all there for you. It's just waiting for you to take action and make your speech awesome. That's been it for this episode of the Communicate with Confidence podcast. You can find show notes and more at lukedmaxwell.com slash podcast. I have a lot of really cool stuff coming out. I'm working on, I'm literally writing three, four different things right now, um, creating four different book-ish products, creating an awesome package, creating, I'm just a lot of really cool stuff is happening right now. So I'm super excited to share with you when it actually does go live. Um, in the meantime, remember to stay on the positive side of things. <laughs>